0: Often, Black women are a mere afterthought in conversations around wellness, but not in this space. On this podcast, the dialogue is always centered around women like you. Welcome to the podcast, but more importantly, welcome to the tribe. Be well, sis. And how many ways could your life change if you would commit to creating that thing that you've been thinking about? Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Be Well, Sis podcast. I am your host, Cassandra Dunbar. How is life treating you? But more importantly, how have you been treating yourself? I hope you're well. (laughs) You know, I feel so grateful for the opportunity to speak to the women that I've spoken to on this podcast. As I listen to them, I always think to myself, dang, if I just implement a few of their suggestions, honestly, life would be spectacular. I think that we're all inherently creators. We all have something that we've been thinking about for a while that we just haven't created yet because we've made up a bunch of scenarios as to why it just won't work for some it's a business idea for others it's a product and for others it's an issue that you recognize that there is a solution to either way there's something inside of you that you've long thought or dreamed about but you haven't taken all the steps to bring into fruition in speaking to today's guest, she identified three things that are necessary for bringing that vision to life. They are clarity, community, and confidence, and she breaks each of them down into imaginable nuggets with actionable insight on how to gain or refine those three. She speaks from a place of entrepreneurship, but this conversation is applicable to anyone. Anyone who's been trying to be successful in whatever space and whatever that means to you, you need clarity, you need community and confidence to cultivate the life that you envision. So who is today's guest? Today's guest is Dr. Omolara Uemedimo. Dr. Omolara is a board-certified pediatrician for over 15 years and an academic faculty member for over a decade. She's in mentoring women physicians of color, and she's also the CEO and founder of Melanin in Medicine, which is a company designed to provide Black women physicians with the support they need through an online community, networking, masterclass events, courses, and coaching. As a life and career strategist, she Provides Black women with culturally informed strategies and systems to reduce burnout, achieve personal and professional fulfillment, rediscover their purpose, and finally achieve the vision for their life without struggle or sacrifice. As I think back on the past three episodes, which includes this one, they featured very different women who have found success in very different lanes. But they have two things in common. One is that they define success for themselves. Instead of looking outward, they looked within. And secondly, they emphasize the importance of community in allowing them to reach their success. With that, I want to invite you to join the Inner Circle, which is a virtual community by Be Well Sis. We'll be opening our doors soon, and the purpose of this intimate community is for our members to define what wellness means to them and to empower our members to reach their wellness goals through education, accountability, and sisterhood. The first several weeks will focus on the interconnectedness of our bodies, You know, one thing, one of my criticisms of Western medicine is that it usually focuses on addressing one symptom or ailment, but we'll be delving into how if one part is affected, how it impacts your entire being, and will provide actionable insights to help you improve your overall well-being. So look, I know you're interested, so go ahead and visit www.thebewellsys.com slash inner circle for more information, or you can just hit the link below in the show notes. So with All that being said, let's get into the conversation. But before we do, another reminder, if you leave a five-star rating or review on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, we are just 16 reviews away from 200 reviews on Apple, and I'd really, really, really appreciate your support to getting us there. Um, So if you find these episodes in the least bit helpful or insightful, please help the show grow by leaving your review. All right, so now that I've gotten that out the way, for real, for real, let's get into the conversation. Thank you so much for joining. I am so, so glad you're here. Be well, sis. Okay, so today I have Dr. Omolara with us. She is the CEO and founder of Melanin and Medicine. And I don't remember how we got into contact, but I'm so happy we did. Um, (laughs) Yeah, you were just brilliant and over the summer we um when I was doing the clubhouse rooms you had a really impactful room Yes, yeah
1: I know that. who it was it was Ray Crowder I think yes Ray Crowder from Black Health Lit yes I she connected right.
0: us yeah she felt that we should talk and I'm happy she did
1: <laughs> uh, how are you <laughs> I am doing well like I said my business is uh, shutting down for the holidays at this time and so it's really nice to be able to like have a business where you can say yeah no we're not working for the next two weeks Definitely. and actually commit to that as an entrepreneur so I'm in a good space right now
0: I love it I love it um what I was thinking about is as I was thinking about what I know about you you've done so many things and you're you're still young in your short life right um how did you get to this point so let's give the people some backstory because I know they don't know so you are a board certified pediatrician yes. um but you've done so much more even that in itself is a feat right but you've worked internationally let's talk about yes.
1: that. yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah so as uh, in Nigerian culture I became a doctor I became one of the three jobs that we were allowed to be as good Nigerian children. Um, But um, pretty much, I think, you know, ultimately for me, my whole career and my life has really been around justice. And that really is informed by being a child of an immigrant doing the mandatory trips back home you know and really seeing how family members their whole lives were completely different from mine Mm -hmm. not in a great way and and as even as a child being really struck by that and and just like that being imagery that I couldn't take out from my head and being compelled and committed to how do we fix that? And so because of that connection, a lot of my early career was focused on Sub-Saharan Africa and just thinking about how dramatic those disparities were. And so I um, was very compelled around um, going into medicine because I didn't do after-school programming. I I went with my mom, who was a visiting nurse, and I was her assistant. So basically... Mm -hmm but I love the fact that she was so intimate and knew everything and I'm a nosy person. So I love the fact that she was like able to get in with people. And what I understood when I finally went into medicine was um, I love kids. Um, I didn't like the parents so much. But then that flipped flipped very easily where I realized the place where I got to experience that intimacy was with talking with women, particularly mostly women. Of course, there were fathers, but mostly with women and them being at their most vulnerable stage, which is a lot of times motherhood and shifting into that and helping them to become more empowered. And I realized after doing that for so long, um, doing that in other countries, doing that here in the US with immigrant communities I'm um, doing that with families who are living below the poverty line I understood that the big piece around this was that there was a connection around women especially those of us who are black and brown not having spaces where we could feel empowered where we got to say hey you're doing a good job you yeah. know and and utilizing medicine and so what happened for me was I was doing all of the things as many of us overachieving black women. And, um, I was not just a pediatrician. I was also, I had my public health degree. So I was teaching as an associate professor at, um, our public health, um, program. And then I was also running two research programs and I was um, running a global health program <laughs> program.
0: My um, goodness,
1: and I got burned out. Yeah. Got basically burnt out. Um, I tried to stop seeing patients for a little bit, even though that wasn't the issue and i just filled up that time and um really how i got to where i am right now was because god pretty much was like okay she's not listening so i'm just going to have to like take her out and so instead of killing me which is great <laughs> i basically um over the course of a week it was right after my daughter's birthday in 2019 in may um i lost the ability to walk in like a week like i was nauseous and dizzy on monday and i was in a wheelchair on friday Ooh. Um. yeah and so ultimately I found myself in a space where I couldn't travel and go across like I do I couldn't do any of that and I couldn't even be with my kids I was in the hospital and I finally over the course of two weeks found out that I had a cerebellar brain lesion so a brain lesion right in the back of my brain that basically um, was stopping my right side from functioning normally and um I found out that it was multiple sclerosis, which is an autoimmune disorder. And, and so I got to where I was because of the fact that um, I'm a born researcher, investigator, so I'm like, multiple sclerosis, how did this happen? What is wrong? Like, why did this happen? And as I got into the literature, I started realizing that, you know, Black women professionals, including Black women physicians, um, unlike other groups where you your you know, as you get higher in your socioeconomic status, your income, your education, your health burden starts to come down. Mm -hmm. It actually goes up with us. Mm. And then noticing that there are patterns of higher infertility, higher autoimmune disease, higher cardiovascular disease. And then I just got consumed with the idea that I don't want another Black woman who is like doing her thing, probably overdoing, but doing her thing to have a mental or physical health breakdown and, um, and not pan out. Like I regained the ability to walk after four months, but Mm -hmm. it could have been totally different. And so my goal was really creating a space and moving from the idea that pediatrics was the only way to heal and moving into different spaces and figuring out what were other ways that I could heal and have that intimate conversation with, with women of color.
0: Mm, That's so profound. Um, When you were talking, you said 2019, I didn't even realize it was 2019. That was not so long ago. So it's still pretty fresh, like the pivot and everything. So two things, first of all, hats off to all that you've been able to do in that span of time, you know? And just considering 2020 was the pandemic, the start of the pandemic. So it's like everything has been happening at once you got diagnosed your illness. You pivoted, and then the world
1: shut down. So, <laughs> wow. Um,
0: yes, yeah, so talk about doing it all. <laughs>
1: Look, I was like, "Thank you, Jesus," because I didn't know. I was like, "But God, I can't leave my good paying job. Like, what's like, no." And and God was like, "You gonna leave your job? You you gonna leave whether you like it or not." because when I got back, right, after I finished, I, my, my neurologist, my new neurologist was like, "Um, this kind of life you live in is not going to be compatible with like this, this disorder. So you need to figure out something. So I went to my institution. I was like, I have this idea. How about we create this position for me? It has some support underneath it, put together a budget, put together the plan and everything. And after some time I got a, uh, it was murky. I got a yes. Then I got a no. And then I got this, maybe you need to like, I think we believe in you, but I think you're going to have to just prove yourself. And then we'll, and I, it went to Charlie Brown mode, you know, like wah, 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 after right. that, because I was just like, Wait, I have given so much yep. and whatever, and and so then I think that was the night. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I started a website. I asked my cousin, like younger generation, whatever Z, Gen Z, right? Gen Z. I was like, "Help me, okay? Help me, help people, okay? How do you start a website?" And I was like, "I'm gonna start something because I I can't stay here if they still think that I need to." prove myself. And so that, um, after, during that leave, I was actually, I had actually opened a Facebook group just to have these conversations with more black women. And then I started a podcast in the fall and just to be able to share and uh, share experiences of how black women are kind of navigating work-life integration and protecting themselves or how they could. Um, and then women started reaching out to me and saying, Hey, can you support me? And I still didn't get it that, oh, like me, I'm a pediatrician. Like I couldn't couldn't disconnect from that. And so Mm -hmm. once I did um, in January, 2020, I said, I'm opening up shop and we're gonna start Empowered which is gonna be a a few classes each week. And we're gonna talk about different things that have been part of my journey of trying to break free from this overachiever super um, black superwoman syndrome And I had three women and we did 12 classes and then the rest is history. It just started to like blow up. And it's so funny because in the midst of those three class, those 12, that 12 weeks was when the world shut down. But I had already started a business that was making money. And I realized that was why God was like pushing me because I didn't know the timing. Yeah. I didn't know what was going to happen. And as someone with an autoimmune disorder in New York in March right. of 2020, the epicenter, going, right, going to a hospital and risking it all, like I was definitely not keen with that. I know people talk about the healthcare heroes. I was like, no, mm-hmm. I'm going to be a healthcare homebody and I'm going right. to stay right here with my kids. Yep. And I couldn't, I wouldn't have been able to make that decision if that, if I didn't have another income stream coming in. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, in in what you were saying, you mentioned how, um, black women who are, you know, climbing the corporate ladders or just high achieving, um, have increased risk factors essentially. Right. And in your story and them saying that you had to prove some things is exactly why we have all of those, you know, it doesn't get better. It just gets Harder, unfortunately, in some ways. Yeah, our our bank accounts look better, but our health and our mental well being, and just our, our physical and overall well being, suffers because we're constantly trying to prove ourselves. Like no matter the amount of degrees that we have and all that we've done for these for these organizations, it just never seems like it's enough, right? Yes. Um, it's so. a
1: it's a culture of exploitation and extraction, mm. right? Until like until there's nothing and then it's like oh she's not producing she has a problem okay let's let her go and mm-hmm. let's bring in the next person to exploit and extract from
0: yeah or god forbid it happens so often we see i'm seeing too many of us die so early mm-hmm. 50s 60s we shouldn't be we shouldn't oh. be dying mm-hmm. um and it happens so often And I I think it all has to go back to what you're saying too, right? The constantly being exploited and extracted for all that we have and all that we are um, by these entities. Yeah,
1: um, you know, I talk about it a lot. I talk about that concept of weathering, Mm -hmm. um, you know and I I talk about this research, which which was part of the research that I started to see um, and started to become more aware of. And it's really interesting as a health professional to not have even like really recognized any of this or, or heard about this, but mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of the, the MO for Black people and information. Like it's yeah. always like, it's like, how did we not know about this, yeah. right? Um, but understanding that there were biological processes that are happening to us because of the chronic stress, the biggest one being, Um, This was a lot that her, the research around weathering really started around maternal mortality and the fact that there was more, you know, of course we had higher rates. And so they started to look at what were the differences and what they were noticing was that black women seem to be aging Faster, like you know, Hmm. um, biologically, and they would look at the ends of our chromosomes, our telomeres, Hmm. and they were shortened. And on average, seven years shorter than a white woman the same age. um, The same age, so that ultimately impacts life expectancy. It impacts kind of like you said, when certain diseases arise for us, and 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 it's you know it's startling um, in terms of having these young people leaving us and leaving our society yeah yep for
0: sure and i think about recently this past week um bell hooks passed away and my first thought was first of all i looked up her age i was just like she really was not old you know um and then secondly i was just thinking i hope that as much as she's impacted us by her work i hope that she her last days were with joy and and happiness and she was at peace and yeah um all of that but i kind of want to pivot a little bit and talk about um some lessons that you may have learned as you've been building your business like i said it was um 2019 then you hit the um the pandemic and it's just been life has been going on with this pandemic and you're building a new business and Tell me what if you can name one major lesson what would it be?
1: I learned I needed to sit down yeah. Um, and that was where everything start like starts when you sit down and just listen right and so I think the biggest thing for me I I, I have I break down my lessons into I uh, use alliteration a lot anyone who hears me or talks <laughs> with me I always use it because it helps me remember things but the fur, and I, so I have always, I have like always like a five D's, four, four E's, three D's, whatever it is. But for this, I usually have five C's. But the first thing I think is the most important was clarity. And I think the biggest thing that stops us from moving is the fact that we really have not recognized why we're here or what we've been called to do. Because we've often been doing what we've been either told to do shown to do, but not what we actually want to do and what we feel compelled, you know, and, and purpose driven to do. So, um, and I think one of the thing, big things is clarity and just knowing the fact that oftentimes, like I said, it's what we have not been you know, but we never have the space to kind of just think about what it is that we're here for. And so the clarity really comes from what I did during my leave, where I I was sat down, um, was really about what was my zone of genius, not my zone of excellence, right? So um, Gay Hendrix has this book called The Big Leap. He talks about that. And he talks about the idea that, that most of us are sitting in this zone of excellence, something that is well-regarded something that makes us money something that you know people are like this is great and you've trained all your life for but it's not the genius the genius is in there while Mm -hmm. you're doing it but it gets kind of like just put to the side because you don't and it's like almost you have glimpses of the genius that happen and so for me my zone of excess was taking care of patients like I'm good I'm an awesome pediatrician I will say Mm -hmm. um but my genius was that relationship building, strategizing, problem solving with women in that space. Mm-hmm. But so it would come out, but then, you know, I had to look at somebody's ear or, <laughs> or right. listen to somebody's heart. And what happens is that we don't get enough time to actually start to cultivate that genius or figure out ways that we can be in that genius space for 80% of the time of, of our waking days the values is the other piece. We don't get to like sit down and be like, what is that? What brings, what's valuable to me? Like, is it family? Is it faith? What are the things that are non-negotiable? And then our vision. So clarity on those three things. What is it that I want to be in 15 years? Like 15 years, what is it that I would regret not doing, not seeing, not becoming, not creating? So I think Mm -hmm. that clarity eludes us and i think we just fill up the time with doing a lot of stuff and and that i think makes it really scary because at some point when you get sat down or something happens and you realize why am i here like what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah
0: it's the top of the year and many of us have recommitted to taking better care of our bodies and if you're with me let me enlist you in on a cheat code Athletic Greens. In order to ensure that I was given by the proper vitamins and nutrients, I used to take a handful of assortments of big old capsules. Child, I'm talking at least five to six separate pills each and every day. And if I was in a rush, I'd skip them all together because I didn't have the time. However, one tasty scoop of Athletic Greens contains 75 minerals, vitamins, and whole food source ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, greens, superfood blend, and more that all work together to fill the nutritional gaps in my diet, increase my energy and focus, aid with my digestion, and support a healthy immune system without the need to take multiple products or pills. I've made my routine so much simpler while ensuring that I give my body what it needs. So join me. Simply visit athleticgreens.com slash Be Well Sis and get your free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs today. Yes, a free year supply of high-quality vitamin D to help ward off the winter blues, upregulate your immune system and so much more when you redeem your offer at athleticgreenscom sis. I think a lot of us had glimpses or pieces of that happen um, during the lockdown of the pandemic. I know I had it. I was in my bathroom like, "Lord, what is going on?" like what am I supposed to be doing with myself? Um, yeah, yeah, and I didn't have places to run to to escape myself, I guess. Um, I didn't have the mall, I didn't have restaurants, I didn't have all those things to distract me from the nagging feeling, it, it was a lot. So I have a question for you to follow up on that. So for people who um, in this culture are productivity obsessed, right? So we have to constantly be doing something in order to be valuable, and I put that in quotes. Um, how do we create space to find that clarity, to figure out what are our values?
1: Yeah. So it's interesting. Like, you know, honestly, I feel like I had to invest the time to do that whether it was it was a there's this awesome book i'm an avid reader so you'll probably hear me mention like 18 books like in like 20 minutes but i um uh the future belongs to those who dare by priscilla rose and i had come across it um because i was just doing so much searching about like i don't know what my purpose is i don't know like this is hard like give me i don't know some, something else um but it allowed for me to do some exercises, uh, like a visualizing exercise to think about like, what does life look like for me in 15 years? Like just sitting down with that, um, an exercise that allowed me to start to think about where is the meaning in my life? So let's go to the past and look at what have been meaningful moments in my life. Um, and so I think the way that we do this is that we don't say we have to tar- we have to find the motivation for it. And so I always think about the fact that if we can just take a minute and just think about what do we feel in, in the work that we spend the most time doing? Do we feel anxious? Do we feel pain? Do we feel headaches? Do we feel joy? Do we feel lightness? And using that to help guide us if we're on the right track or if we're not. And if we're not, then starting to kind of be able to take little spaces in the day, whether that be the gratitude, whether that be the journaling to just start to think about what is it, you know, what is it that I I honestly am hyper-focused on or I am like that is coming in my brain. I honestly felt like having five minutes of a day to just stop like a lot of us pray and then it's a one-sided relationship it's like god please give me this 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 don't forget this 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 piece i'll see you like i'll see you next morning and it's like god's like um okay i have some things to say Uh, okay well i guess I'll, I'll, i'll see i'll see you when i see you right and without that listening and getting into that space of stillness and having, starting, it's going to be so uncomfortable. I remember it being so uncomfortable when I started doing it, but that is honestly where Melanin Medicine came out of. That is where Strong Children Wellness, which is my other business, came out of. And that's where all of my ideas, and they're not mine, right? They're given, but that's where they all come out of because I now, you'll now be able to not feel like you have to do this alone. You, you'll be able to be in a center where you feel like your intuition, God, the universe, whatever you believe in, is helping you, is, is not against you, but is really about help supporting you to move in where you're supposed to be. Mm, so
0: beautifully said. Um, what is something that you, while building your business, that you've learned, that you wish you knew sooner?
1: Uh, Community is key. Like community, oh my God, okay. So as you may imagine, I am a physician, right? Um, And people were looking at me cross-eyed when they were like, you wanna do what? um that that don't sound like one it bring physician money and two like mm-mm, no right. and three no <laughs> <laughs> and and honestly you know of course that makes you second guess yourself. you're like yep. oh my god have I had a, a psychological breakdown like, right <laughs> right but I think the big thing was immersing myself immediately when I had the vision that for one, one I had a vision for Strong Children Wellness, which was our practice that um, I actually was in the middle of starting with two other co-founders, and and that was my community because I I had an idea and I told it to two people and they didn't think I was absolutely crazy and I was like, okay, you guys are my co-founders, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> like, come on. like, and that was so important because um, a lot of times not having that you start to second guess yourself. And then you need some, you need people to normalize what you're doing um, and be able to like, be like, yeah, this is something that lots of people do, right? Because if I didn't have that and I'm going back to my job every day and people are are looking at me like, why are you even exploring this? Like, this is, you know, if I don't have, if I don't see models of other people moving, And doing this work. It's going to be hard. The work that I do now in melanin and medicine, which is really an extension of a lot of the, you know, um, grant funded projects that I would, I would basically as an entrepreneur, I would shake people down for money through grants, right. (laughs) And build out these like innovative programs. And both of my businesses are around that in terms of just disrupting how things look and helping women to learn how to, disrupt healthcare and do and get money for it, right? Be funded for it. And I think both of those things, understanding that I was able to do that, but having a community that showed me that I could build something outside of an organization or structure that existed and I could create one. I needed to see that. And so I initially invested really quickly in coaching, like I think I was on leave when I invested in coaching because mm-hmm. I had gotten the vision that I couldn't stay in my job, but I didn't know how. And I still was, you know, before I I before I actually had that conversation with my job, I had invested in this because I was like, OK, maybe there's something I could do on the side. But then when I actually had that conversation, with my job, I was like, oh, this, this is just going to to be my main boo. Like there's no there's, <laughs> nothing, there's nothing else I can hold on to. And being in that coaching community was so powerful because I saw other women who were beyond, who were in the business, who were starting. And I was like, I'm not crazy. Like this is actually possible. So I think that's important. And I think for me, the big turning point was making melanin medicine a space where black women could could have a space to be vulnerable enough to ask the questions and feel safe to also explore um, building businesses with social impact and doing that and not feeling scared and also feeling like they, they could secure the money to do it.
0: Would you say that um, melanin medicine, is it only for uh, physicians?
1: No, yes. Yeah, so this is the wonderful thing that we have shifted into. So melanin medicine has many iterations. I will, I will I won't bore you with all of them, but we first started with Supermom Rehab. I think that would give you a good laugh. Um, So that was our first (laughs) generation. But we really, we really, it's so interesting. We started with Black working moms. That was uh, what we were doing. Then we moved into Black physician moms through Melanin Medicine Motherhood because we really were trying to identify work-life integration. The focus was really almost a almost mimicked my journey. Mm where It was like, I started to learn more about how to pivot and like learn and remember myself. And then I was like, okay, we're going to make, we're going to make a space for people to do that. And then as I pivoted into social entrepreneurship, I started really learning kind of like how freeing this was and how much of a freedom space it is, albeit challenging. I'm not, good. no one's sugarcoating entrepreneurship as something like easy, but You being able to determine how your life goes on your own terms is a really compelling thing that I don't feel like we have many spaces to do as Black women. So what happened was as I was supporting women into work-life integration, a lot of them were kind of seeing the light and they were like, I can't stay at this job. And then I was like, oh, of course, because that's actually what happened to me. But I moved into entrepreneurship. So I guess I better create something to help you all, like, move into entrepreneurship, and so it ended up being Black women physicians, but then as I realized the fact that we need as many Black women on deck to help transform the, at the most basic of human rights, healthcare, right, we need as yeah. many Black women who are in this space who want to transform and bring equity and justice, and so I don't care if you're a physician, a nurse, a doula, Uh, whatever, if you have something, an idea that can really help to move the needle on getting our people in our communities to have better access, get better quality, more just healthcare, then we will help you to get the funding and help you build out the model and do it. So yeah, all, all, all all takers right now we are black women focused Mm -hmm. and, you know, I don't know what it looks like. I told you we had 80 iterations before. Who knows what the future looks like, but right now that's where we're
0: at. I love it. And one thing that I love too is that you've had many iterations and it just shows that you're willing to try again. And like this may not be perfect, let's keep tweaking it. And I think for me, that's been my lesson. Like I usually am so laser focused on this one thing that I get stubborn and I don't want to change it. But it's super important to be flexible and tweak things as you go, especially as I learn in entrepreneurship.
1: It's so crazy because it is scary to like rebrand and do all of it, but it, it's honestly the beautiful thing about entrepreneurship is not, um, you know, providing the service. It's really about pro- like testing it and providing, you know, the outcome that, you know, people people really need and that you are. Um, born to give. And I think a lot of us start with the service of the what. And then as we're doing the work, we're starting to, unfortunately, finally back into the why. Mm -hmm. And then now we can shift and change it and be like, this is the why. So I need to now Mm -hmm. shift this whole business to like mirror the why. And then it makes the what much more impactful. Like the outcomes are more impactful, everything's more about. The, so now in this space, even though I started at work-life integration and really in this space of social entrepreneurship and funding and fiscal sponsorship and the other things we teach um, in a space that is so like core, but so connected to who I, who I was even before entrepreneurship. Cause I was, I'm doing all the things that I was doing, but it just is funny that it had to be this circular shift. And I don't think in any case I would have gotten here without going through all of that. That makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Um, we talked about clarity and we talked about community, right? Yes, yes, yes. So I think the other piece of this is confidence. And I think that's a huge mindset issue, right? So I think that most of us are people who focus a lot on the, the things, the tactics. Like we will, we love a good to-do list and we will mark those things off and be like, <laughs> yes, and I checked that and I did the LLC and then I did this and then I did the website. And it's like, that's wonderful, <laughs> but your, your mind ain't right. Like we need to like shift your mind because- um, and I talk about this, we just recently did a summit and I mentioned, and I talked really about this idea that many of us have the dream, but immediately do something called upper limiting and go straight to the doubting. Mm. Like, like literally as soon as the dream shows up, it's like, but well, you know, you can't do this. Yeah. And, you know this is not and, and ultimately that is the space that we need to work on. And the, and without working on that space, most of us won't get to the impact of the level that we truly had envisioned for whatever it is that we're creating. And so a lot of that doubt piece really has to be around how do we make sure that we're building up our confidence through letting go of certain things that have, have been a part of the reason why we're stressed and the reason why we have all of these, um, diseases and higher burden it's things like letting go of the what people think and letting go of the um, worry as an anxiety as like our like default emotion yeah Um, I think letting go of the perfectionism and the procrastination right because we're once again we're scared of what how it will how will be perceived Mm -hmm. Um, and so There are many spaces to do this, but I think the pieces of these things are really about understanding what the impact of you building whatever it is is going to be on people. And I think once we start to move away from the me and move towards the like the we, the people who are going to benefit, because I'm a huge introvert. Lord knows I hate my voice. I have a podcast, Mm -hmm. I have a Facebook group. We have about 900 women. I go in that thing live. Lord knows I would never have seen that. I love being by myself in a with a book reading, um, and the only reason I do it is because I God's like there's someone who needs to hear this, mm-hmm. and and I ain't give you a gift to keep it. Mm. You are
0: you, you are talking to me right now. <laughs> you really are because I am very much an introvert and a lot of, you know, because of different experiences that you know is very common for Black women, right? Just like always having to prove yourself that wears you down and it shakes your confidence. Yeah. Um, so all the things that I have done as like a protective measure, right? I'm trying to show up perfect every time and sometimes procrastinating because I, I can't figure out how to be perfect about it. All those things really has like held me back. And I was going to ask you as a follow-up, like, you know, so how do we get past that? But you answered it so beautifully. Think about the impact that you can make and that's really powerful.
1: Yeah, even with the like 1.0 version, okay? I told you my rickety empowered version at the first version, I, Lord, if I tell you what it looked like, it was just <laughs> me at a Zoom and whatever, I was, you know, but that was the beginning of like what now, you know, both of those, whether it be Strong Children Wellness, the virtual version or Empowered, the like, you know, three women, on a zoom call version, both of those are now multi six figure businesses. And the reason they are is because I went, started imperfectly. And I was like, this is not the business, but it, <laughs> but it's, it, it's the smallest. It's the, it's, it, it's transformational, yeah. whatever it is. So even if it's small, what I usually say a lot to my, even my clients that I work with, I'm like, let's backtrack let's not overwhelm ourselves because if we make this vision right and we're looking at we're like oh my god this thing is beautiful but i can't do that it's so big we go we have to start at where we can where we can like comprehend it and where we can move and things that we want to build take small but courageous acts not just small acts and rational ones but courageous ones and really small ones and so if we can do that if we can start to say what's the smallest unit of what we want to build that it has some element of transformation it may not be all of the bells and whistles but some element of transformation and once we see that transformation happen it's addictive it's like Mm -hmm. really you like this worked for you Mm -hmm. okay well i guess i'll keep doing yep oh you want this too okay i'll add that in and and the beautiful thing about our businesses um, that I think really shine or really do well is when you can co-create them um, with, with the people who, who really decided to be the early adopters, the people who really decided to say, this is so painful, this problem is so painful to me that I'll take your 50% version and I will take it because I need it so badly and then they are able to give you so much in terms of being able to say, this is this is what else I would like. And you can really build something that truly speaks to people um, as the other people start to see and hear the testimonials. And then they're like, oh, okay, I'm coming on the bandwagon. But don't, don't let the largesse of your vision stop you from actually like the movement, even if it's small baby steps. So, the confidence pieces is, is so important, and one of the other things I'll say is one of the things that I had to do was, and I, I tell others is to write a brag book. Yeah. Um, right. I don't know if everyone has their brag book, but everyone should have a brag book. Yeah. And you know, you need to be updating that because that's one thing that we don't do very well. <laughs> we do not yep. like we are humble, like, and it's like, yeah. You know, I'm not telling you to tell everyone, but you need to have a book that you can go into and be like. Oh, of course I can do this look at look at what I've done I can do this
0: yeah my uh, my therapist said that black women will move mountains and act like they just moved a molehill <laughs> and yes to that brag book so you can look back and see all that you've done so when you're sitting there you're doubting yourself I'm talking to myself right now um <laughs> about why you can't do it x y and z look back at what you did do so yes 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 um you know, typically in the new year, people are talking about what they're going to do and trying to plan their year and, you know, all their dreams and accomplishments. I think this episode is for everybody to listen to, especially at the top of the year, because we all have these goals, lean into them, lean into them. And I think you've said so many things that really could hit home for anybody, no matter what your profession is and what your, your vision is, lean into that vision, like you can do it. Um, I think your story in itself has been really inspirational and aspirational, and I think um, there's a little bit of us in that story. Um, unfortunately, we as Black women are just incredibly overworked and um, exploited, like you said. And it's time that we we build our own visions and we build our own dreams and think about our 15 years from now. Um, how does that look? How does that feel? And, and lean into that and. Yeah,
1: Yeah. I think I think I want to say that this is about you, but it's not about you. Mm. Um, And I want to say that because as we were recording this, my daughter walks in and she's used to me recording um, and she's used to me talking with clients and she's used to me. And this is one of my daughters. The other one is always coming up to me and asking me, okay, mom, how much money do we make this week? No, oh, right. the you know, she's like that's 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 the other side. Like the other one is very impact, the other one's income. And, <laughs> and both and both both are needed, but I think The big thing is that this is not about you. Um, It's really about legacy. Like at this point, like there are certain things that you can tell your kids, certain things that you can tell your nephews, your communities, and there are certain things that you can only show them. Mm -hmm. And when they see that, they can't unsee it. They can't take it away. And so like I have two girls now who... I don't even know if they're employable at all. Like, I think I like honestly, like they have their ideas, they have their vision, they know that building it themselves is an option. They don't have to wait for anyone, um, and that you know, the those kind of ideas and things are the things that allow for the the next generations to move in a much. Um, different strategic yeah. uh, and powerful way. And so if there's anything, especially for all of y'all who are moms out there too, aunties, whatever, like the work that you decide that you want to move forward is going to be powerful just by you actually yeah. just like putting it, wh- whether it makes huge amounts of money or impact just by you moving out and, and, and saying yes to yourself, it already will be impactful to so many um who come after you yeah so so true
0: so as we wrap up I always ask two questions um, the first one is for a book recommendation you already mentioned I think two or three but this book can be about anything at all fiction nonfiction. if you had a book that you could recommend to us what would it be
1: Yeah, I could talk through the, like, very pivotal ones, you know, like, I could give you um, some really, really beautiful ones. I think the ones, like, in this space that I am of trying to get people to just get started, there's a lovely author, coach, um, Denise Duffield-Thomas. She is um, a money mindset coach, actually, but she's just so relatable. Um, Her book, Chillpreneur, um, Mm -hmm. is i just love it because it's just so easy to touch but she's just like nah like it's totally against how we go like you know black women what's the hardest way to go okay cool let's do that right yeah this is totally the opposite this white australian woman who is like living her best life but also has tangible tactics and really talks about kind of all the mindset stuff, but then all of the ways that we can choose entrepreneurship in a way that is totally chill, totally like um, centered around what we want and not following a specific model. And I love that book. I go back to it so many times in addition to many of the other books that are on my shelf. So I would definitely say that one in particular is is i I love that book um so 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 much yeah i'm gonna
0: look into that because that's what i'm trying to be a chillpreneur because all this this grind no thank you like mm -mm. um and then my last question is what's something that's brought you some joy in like the last 24 to 48 hours
1: Oh, that's so easy. So my daughters and I, we just came from, um, so I live in Long Island, New York. I live in the Southern like um, border of um, Long Island. So it's like right near the water. And we have this space there It's called the Nautical Mile. And there is like a, it's not a pier, but it like kind of is pier like we're at the, we're right on the water and it's just a space. And um, basically after I took them for their physicals today, uh, we went for Starbucks uh, <laughs> and, then, and then I didn't give them their teas or anything. And then I drove, they didn't know. And I drove them all the way down to the nautical mile and they're supposed to be in virtual school, but I was like, mm, whatever. And so we went um, and they just like were acting like they were Jill and I mean, Jack and Rose on the Titanic, they were, like, <laughs> they were cartwheels. I was sitting there just like drinking, watching the water. And I was just like, I could never, never have done this yeah. outside of any role, outside of the, the job that I have right now. And I'm just really thankful for moments like that. And they and they are always like, because they're such a low threshold. Mm-hmm. So they're always like, this was the best day ever. And I'm I like, I love that okay cool we, we're good I'm glad um so that I think just being with my girls is always great but today just being able to like not have to think about anything um was really powerful for me
0: I love that and I love that you I think are the first person who said oh that's easy normally yeah. people just like oh no um so that was good. I really like that. <laughs> um, this conversation was awesome. As always, I love talking to you and listening to you. Um, please. She has a podcast. students into her podcast. It's Melanin Medicine as well. Um, visit the website, um, follow her on social media. I'll put everything in the show notes down below.
1: Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you. Thank you, Cassandra. I'm, I'm just so honored to be on your space and your platform
0: thanks hey, <laughs> hey sis ever feel isolated while navigating the overwhelming amount of online wellness advice or have you tried wellness communities that either felt stale or just didn't feel right the content and programming probably were great but they just didn't resonate with you well, I am so happy to introduce The Inner Circle, which is a virtual community by Be well Sis. It's a community of busy women who are curious about integrating wellness into their daily routines. Here, we're looking to answer the question, what does wellness mean to me? In The Inner Circle, we believe that it's more than just working out or plant-based eating, but also about your social connections, your routines, knowledge, and leisure. The goal of this community is to create an intimate, safe, and supportive space that champions you both on your good days and your bad ones. So listen, join us where our pillars are community, education, and accountability. We have members-only events to cultivate connection. We have monthly workshops led by soulful and just dope, insightful women. And we have accountability groups where you can be paired with a partner to help you get over whatever your hurdle may be. So join us at thebewellciss.com inner circle. Again, thebewellciss.com slash inner circle. Community is a foundation for success, and I am so excited to see you there. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Be Wellsys podcast. For more information on anything discussed in this episode, please see the show notes and or visit www.bewellcisspodcast.com. Oh, and don't forget to leave a five-star rating on Apple. Until next time, be well, sis.